Hey, it's a FinTech Newscast. My name's John, and with me is, as usual, Steve. How are you doing? Still here, still hanging out. How are you, John? Just trying to predict the future, as usual, which uh, means that uh, nobody's really, really uh, uh, an expert on everything, because you, you never know what's going to happen down the road. You, you sure don't, unless you're Nostradamus, I guess, which, which neither of us is, so we're good on Ask that. the people at Silicon Valley Bank. <laughs> Or First Republic. Or First Republic. Yeah, just put out by JP. Poor, poor JP Morgan. Poor Jamie Dimon. Never catches a break, that that poor guy. Always getting all these banks at a low, low price. Fire yeah, sale. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he regrets it, but uh, yeah. And, you know, I'm really interested in that one because um, uh, they basically made the biggest bank in the U.S. that they restricted from growing. And they just handed them this, this deal to, to make them even bigger. Get, get get bigger, yeah. Um, I wonder if that was a matter of them just having the best price for for the bank, or just having the best profile for it. I have no idea why, say, a bank like Wells Fargo couldn't just acquire First Republic. I probably First Republic didn't want that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 anyone but them, please don't. Our names already bad enough. Oh man, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just a, a long way of saying you you never know what's going to be out there. Uh, you need all the information you can when you're when you're trading, investing, thinking about what companies to even jump to in the long term. But fortunately, we have somebody with us that can maybe help with that kind of problem. Uh, we have the CEO and co-founder of TradeZing, Jordan Edelson. Welcome to the podcast. Great, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So, so what do you think about all this volatility lately uh, in the banking industry? Will it just pass over or? Will there be another First Republic coming up the pike? Yeah, I think personally, I think we're not done yet. I think there's still more <clears throat> fluctuations and turmoil to come. Uh, a lot of uncertainty ahead for sure. Um, but again, you know, as a as a trader, everyone's got to be kind of up to date on on what's happening, and, and a lot of times, what's kind of happening behind the scenes that a lot of us people aren't really uh, privy to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of happening behind the scenes. Um, kind of social media was involved. I, I think that's the first time I'd, I'd seen that really prominently for for bank failure with uh, Silicon Valley Bank. And you're kind of uh, leaning into to that uh, for providing information, for getting that insight on trading. Uh, that's that's basically the the strength of TradeZing, right? Yeah. So so TradeZing is an interesting platform. It was actually spun out of really kind of during the pandemic when we saw there were a lot of retail investors, specifically a lot of Gen Zers and millennials kind of blindly investing into the markets. Um, and we saw so with kind of a horrible news story uh, where you had a younger individual invest uh, using the Robinhood platform. And because of some of the trades he made, he ended up committing suicide. Um, and we realized there was some sort of educational disconnect, um, at least in some of the fundamentals of trading between that and a lot of the youth. And then we took a look at the whole sector in its totality, and we realized a lot of um, courses and, and trading content, a lot of it was behind very expensive paywalls. Um, in addition to that, it really didn't resonate with kind of a younger demo, um, again, a Gen Z millennial demographic. And we set forth to kind of build a platform both for uh, mobile and web that allowed content creators um, that are producing content in the world of finance uh, and to produce it specifically for a platform that is focused on financial information that was built ground up for that. Um, you have a lot of this, as we call it in, in our world, this kind of noise issue uh, where there's a lot of nonsense and garbage and fluff uh, spread across uh, TikTok and Twitter and Twitch, where there are some people trying to produce high quality financial content. But again, you're, it's lost to a lot of the noise and specifically those algorithms that kind of just suck you in and keep you there. 
But again, their goal isn't really necessarily to connect you to relevant financial information in a safe way to do that. So that's kind of where Tradesing steps in. Uh, it's a tool, it's a content creation, creator-based tool, and an aggregator really focused kind of on the social ends of finance. So pulling in a lot of kind of social um, uh, insights and intelligence and leveraging AI to kind of help make sense of all of it. So how are you guys assessing the folks who can then be on the other side, sort of creating all the content that your users will will consume? Um, so how do you, for example, differentiate between uh, a bit of a scammy finfluencer and an actual real person giving real advice? Yeah, great question. So we leverage the power of community actually to help with that vetting process. So we have three different tiers of creators on our platform. We have the standard tier, we have an affiliate tier, and then a partner level tier. So those users that are just producing average everyday content, they have an opportunity to kind of grow their base, grow their following. Once they hit certain key metrics on our platform, um, then they'll be graduated up to that affiliate level. And the incentive there is that, again, once they hit that affiliate level, they'll be open. They'll have the option to generate revenue, uh, participate in a revenue share on our platform against ads um, and some of the smaller subscriptions that they're allowed to offer on the platform. In addition to that, those affiliates that then uh, reach a certain additional tier, other KPI metrics that we look for, as well as through kind of our editorial vetting process, they'll then be graduated up to a partner level status. So we kind of really base it on community engagement to look and view and see kind of who bubbles to the top. And then from there, that's how it's decided upon, um, you know, who's a little bit more prominently focused on the platform. So everyone has a chance to rise, but the bad actors will essentially kind of remain at the bottom. Interesting. So what is the actual the actual mechanism through which your community users can actually evaluate or or grade, if you will, the folks giving them the 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 advice? Is there like a, a, a an up down button or a rating system or what sort of the actual tool that you use for that? Yeah, good, good question. So we look at uh, engagement. So we look at hours watched and, and streamed. Um, we look at uh, commenting um, related to that that user, um, just general users, um, uh, consumer sentiment around watching that content. So whether it's positive or negative, um, we're leveraging some AI to do that. Uh, and then beyond that, um, just in general, uh, we do have kind of a vetting process when they get into that partnership tier. So if they're able to hit certain metrics or in streaming-based metrics on the platform. Uh, and again, they have also, um, they can be upvoted. Once they've kind of reached that level, then from there, then they could be graduated up to that partnership tier. But again, that's something that's handled uh, not systematically. That's done through, uh, um, it's not programmatically, rather. It's done through a, a editorial vetting process. Interesting. So what are the other, um, or what lessons have you learned from similar social investing platforms that, that you, you must in the market? Because so, this is, this is um, kind of a new take on this, but it's an idea that, that has been tried before. Um, but again, what have you learned to not do or to do actually when you've been launching tra Tradesing? Yeah, from our standpoint, you know, we've leaned very heavily into the creator community, trying to form a lot of these partnerships and relationships. Um, what we've realized as with some other kind of creator-based platforms, they try to lock up talent. They try to get exclusives and stuff like that. And that, a lot of the times for a startup, it's difficult um, because again, that whole trust aspect or whether your platform's gonna be around a year from now, two years from now, it's a big ask to ask a creator to kind of solely invest and put all their time into your platform. So again, we're not necessarily requiring um, exclusives for that. They can go ahead and produce content on whatever platform they'd like. We just ask that they also choose to also commit some content and on our platform as well. Um, so our, our goal is to kind of make the investments into the creator themselves and give them the platform and kind of spread the awareness. And that's where our investments essentially are going instead of locking them up in exclusive types of uh, contracts. So it's so uh, competitive these days with getting eyeballs. Uh, obviously, uh, TikTok and uh, Finfluencers uh, 
on there. I, I, I still love that term, Finfluencer. I never get over it. <laughs> you basically have the same challenge as uh, any other social media platform, I, I guess, uh, and try to make it in, engaging on top of that uh, to pull those uh, younger people away. What, what's the plan to expand out? You, you guys are just launching, right? Yeah, so we're just launching. So our platform entered a kind of a closed beta um, in, it was around the September timeframe. We ran several months with creators on our platform producing content. We did a lot of listening and uh, harnessed a lot of the feedback from those creators and, and started to build out a few other tools and, and kind of rounded some of the different sharp edges of the platform uh, to kind of cater it more to their needs. And then in February, uh, towards the end of February, we soft launched the application itself to the public. Uh, it's been in the app store for a bit. And now we're actually gearing up for uh, the Bitcoin uh, 2023 event where we're um, a title tier uh, sponsors of the event where we're actually going to be broadcasting the event live across our properties. And we're kind of formally launching both the trading app as well as the new web-based platform uh, just in about two weeks. What was the plan for for pulling people for people away, getting getting that big attention that you need? Yeah, great, great, great question as well. It's something that we spend a lot of time thinking about here at TradeZing. Um, what we're focused on, uh, aside from having kind of the edutainment feel and content, so the educational and, and entertainment components to that and bringing on some of the bigger name um, content producers and their communities, one of the key elements is building utility around our platform. So what you're going to see with the new web platform that's going to be launching shortly is that it really acts as kind of a one-stop shop, really an entry point into the world of kind of social finance. Um, so you're able to come to this website and you're going to be, it pulls in social sentiment scores um, and it pulls in insights intelligence from all the major platforms into one area, as well as gives you access and entree to a lot of the social content that's being generated that you might not have heard about. So for example, content that's being produced on Clubhouse, content that's being produced on Twitter spaces, all this that, again, gets an audience, but again, it's kind of in its own separate, uh, almost kind of fragmented universe. We're trying to tie that all together and bring it into kind of one centralized platform. So in theory, you'll be able to come to trades and bring, gather all that information, have one spot to, to kind of get the read on the market and different positions and all the latest news, and then be able to go download our application and consume um, additional content. Essentially, we're calling it kind of breakout content, content kind of leads from our platform, breaks out into the application and be able to also become a producer of content if you choose to as well. So they both kind of complement each other instead of kind of being an app that does the exact same thing that the website does. They're actually kind of complementary to each other in that respect. Um, so that's part of our our, our uh, value proposition and our go-to-market strategy is offer true utility. So there's a reason to come back on a reoccurring basis. Uh, so kind of like a Bloomberg meets a social media uh, a little bit? And a little bit plus, commuter, a... plus creator community, you know, all kind of combined into one platform. Right, right. The, the creator aspect of it. Uh, so it, it, this is a subscription-based? So uh, there will be those elements to it. Right now, everything's going to be free and open. In the application, uh, what we'll be turning on and allowing our creators to monetize through subscriptions, that's one avenue they can do. There'll be reasonable subscriptions. They could choose to put some of their content, none of their content, or just portions of it under um, a paywall. Uh, in addition to that, we also monetize their advertisements. Um, and uh, we will be supporting towards the year's end, uh, trading on our platform. So we're not a brokerage or an exchange, but we're going to be working with all the major different brokerages and exchanges and allow you to actually trade right on our platform. So as you're consuming this content and gathering these insights and this intelligence, you'll be able to actually place trades right there through your brokerage or exchange of choice. And then there's an educational aspect about it as well. 
Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, so from an educational standpoint, we're actually rolling out a whole events platform around it. So um, actually post uh, uh, Bitcoin 2023, starting towards the end of um, this month, we're going to be rolling out a whole series of different events um, where people will be able to come onto the platform and really hear from industry thought leaders um, about different types of uh, topics and information related to um, trading. But just in general, um, you know, as a whole, obviously, there's been a lot of buzz around AI. And then before that, it was NFTs and metaverse. And every other week, there's a new buzzword. But, you know, believe it or not, these buzzwords um, are driving the markets um, and companies are kind of racing and making decisions as well and what they sh- where they should go and, and be the first to do this and that. Um, but again, you know, our user base needs to be educated on that. So they need to know how ChatGPT is being leveraged and AI and the power of it, the ups and downs and how that can influence the markets, but not just the markets, but even just their everyday lives. Uh, and then in addition to that, like if there's new trending opportunities, these are the types of things people can learn on our platform. So for someone just kind of getting started, there'll be opportunities to learn the fundamentals, but also coupled with that, um, you'll be able to kind of embrace a lot of the newer technologies and understand kind of what that means to you and into your investment positions. So I'm, I'm looking here, uh, uh, Jordan, I'm looking at a graph of NFT trade volume by chain. And of course, we saw a precipitous decline. After bye, May bye, t- bye. Bye, bye, bye. Exactly. Um, uh, and I'm wondering, uh, since we've seen, again, the decline in NFT tra- trade volumes, presumably in crypto as well, other than than, than Bitcoin, um, will you shift more towards, say, equities or other more t- traditional a- asset types? Or is the focus still going to be on Web3 and, and all that technology? It's both. Um, it's all encompassing. So again, and stocks, NFTs um, are big. Again, I think the thing, the problem with NFTs is an industry. Again, a lot of it was very overinflated and a lot of fluff around it. You're starting to see the kind of the consolidation, a lot of NFT projects, a lot of the technologies, and the industry really needed that. And I think what's going to emerge is kind of a, a, a more sustainable kind of ecosystem uh, for bigger NFTs to kind of prosper and flourish. Um, and, and beyond that, um, I think it's also in change is also going to help, you know, crypto as well, kind of really pull out of this crypto winter that we've been in. But I think in the short term, there's a lot of flux from us. Again, the position of us, as long as there's market <laughs> fluctuation and people are always, you know, looking to, to make money or look to how to save money, uh, there's a place for us because again, we skirt more on the media end of things. We're here to provide insights and intelligence information. So we just need there to be some fluctuation and and, and we can gain people's interest. Um, anyone that's looking for opportunity, this is a great spot to come uh, our platform to learn and and get all the latest information. Uh, it seems like there is so much hype uh, around these uh, new terms um, that get mentioned. I'm sure generative AI is people are you know trying to raise money uh, from BC funds, just, just putting that in there. Uh, do you think there's too much of that focus or, uh, you know, and, and maybe people need to think about the longer term investing as well? And Yeah, you know, unfortunately, <clears throat> that older school way of doing things is just not as exciting. I think, I think, you know, we're kind of in this, uh, That's you true. know, investing to, into <laughs> stocks is it's, it's more, it has a level of entertainment, you know, to it. Um, and it's been gamified and that that's the position a lot of, you know, like Robinhood and Coinbase, and they've all kind of take this gamified approach to it to make it more attractive to Gen Z millennials. So I don't want to say, you know, that goes out the window um, and those fundamentals are certainly important. But again, end of the day, you know, I, I think people like to invest into exciting opportunities um, and, and that's, you know, these buzzwords and different um, new things that keep popping up. This is what's getting people excited. And this is what, you know, retail investors are, are, are getting kind of, you know, buzzed by. But with that, there's a lot of risk uh, and there's also a lot of room for scams and 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 problem too. Anyone, anyone time anyone tries to rush into an industry, there could be, you know, problems. Um, so again, that's where also we kind of step in is almost 
that middleman. They can do their research, gather their intelligence, and then hopefully make better informed decisions. We're not telling them what to do. We're just letting, giving them the information. They can go ahead and decide what they want to do themselves. Okay. So for uh, that percent that you want to invest on, uh, on the newest things, on the risky part, like, like you were saying, to, to educate yourself and seeing what the, the thought leaders, the people who are um, looking at the, the larger implications are saying and in what direction those are headed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I think it's just being able to, you know, by the, by the time these, these uh, you know, NFTs and, and AI and all, you know, all these things that people kind of hear hits the consumer, it's almost too late to really, uh, you know, get ahead of the kind of curve. I think, you know, by starting to see spotting trends and seeing, you know, learning about these new technologies before they become kind of a headline, that's really where the opportunity lies. And where a lot of this stuff initially starts and kind of uh, spawns from is on social media. And again, that's why we, we're trying to get kind of our footprint in there very early and, and kind of access that information and bubble that up to the top. So again, you know, the average consumer can get um, access to that information and hopefully get, you know, ahead of the curve. Yeah, interesting. You've been working at a, a lot of companies and uh, co-founded a, a few other things. How has it been? What have there been the particular challenges getting this scaled up uh, these past uh, for, for tradesing now? Um, what what uh, what are the fintech challenges these days? Yeah, you know, I think uh, well, one of the challenges for for fintech and, and a lot of industries around is raising capital. Um, that's been a little you know tricky um, and, and not unique just to fintech, but just in general with a lot of the market uncertainty and kind of the repositioning and of like you know obviously crypto and, and the valuation of um, of companies. You know, that's been been challenging trying to kind of manage a lot of that um, and just in general how to break into the market is always challenging for. For startups, my background is kind of more catered to that. I have a very interesting background that spans across um, technology, product, marketing. I've had a number of different startups. I still own other companies like digital agencies. I've built over 400 mobile apps uh, over the last 14 years. I've done some really interesting things, and I've tied a lot of that experience together to ultimately kind of you know power uh, you know tradesing. And it's given me you know an advantage to be able to help navigate a lot of these ups and downs that most startups you know go through. But fintech, you know specifically. And fintech again, we teeter on fintech, but also media as well. So we're kind of in you know two two worlds uh, in that respect. But yeah, we we've had you know uh, you know challenges just like every other you know company has in this space. Uh, any interesting uh, anecdotes you can share with uh, potential uh, from potential investors? Things that be kind of interesting questions they've asked. You know, I think just in general, you know, uh, understanding the need and utility for this. I think comparing us to like other trading platforms, which we're not, you know, we're kind of carving out kind of a very unique niche space that's kind of just pretty much has just been kind of rising over the last you, couple of years. You don't provide trading services, though. You're just information, right? We don't. You know, we don't. Right, right. Okay. Um, and if anything, you know, we link out to those, some of those services, and, and but we aren't those services themselves. I think one of the big things for us is, uh, and, and you kind of touched on it before, uh, like most businesses figuring out how to utilize, you know, AI and, and different technologies. So again, it's not just, you know, kind of a, a buzzword or just like a chat GPT, just generically sitting there on the site, but how do you actually make use of AI? So it's powerful. And what we've realized um, is that, you know, whoever's going to kind of win or, or to leverage AI, I think in the most responsible way is you need to have this balance, this kind of check Again, you hear about this all the time, like Elon Musk and um, you know other industry leaders are all warning about AI and all that. And specifically in the finance industry, it's it's going to be um, extremely disruptive. Um, with that said, you know there's a lot of issues around that ethical considerations, but also just in general a lot of misinformation. So we see kind of you know the winning combination here is the balance between human intelligence meets 
artificial intelligence, combining the two and allowing each of them to provide checks on each other. So that's how we're kind of applying it to our platform. So it has that social element, that AI element, uh, and provides then kind of the best balanced experience uh, in terms of the news and information um, and insights. So that's kind of interesting. That's something we've been talking to um, different you know, investors, and we've kind of heard a little bit uh, very positive feedback on that direction um, you know, for our business. So that's, that's the area we've been moving in. So because you have such a blended focus, I'm wondering, in terms of your team, com- team composition, are you looking at mostly AI engineers or folks in more of a, a social media background or media or both? Or sort of how, how do you think of composing a team that they can uh, build a platform such, such as yours, which sounds so complex and so multifaceted? Uh, it's it's both, um, and you know, again, if I didn't have 14 years of development experience, um, this would probably be a lot harder to do. But mm-hmm. you know, what I'm good at is I'm good at pulling in the resources and kind of putting the different pieces together to kind of create the right formula to execute. Um, and uh, but it is a combination to answer your question in terms of um, our AI um, engineers uh, as well as our developers working together, and then also influenced by obviously feedback from our creators. Um, and our, our streamer success team that's kind of gotten us to this point right now. So yeah, I mean, we are operating in a lot of different you know areas, um, but yeah, I mean, the right team is a composition of all of them. So because you're combining basically a, a platform that um, can have a video content, I'm assuming a chat function as well. And then you also mentioned that at some point you wanna also integrate uh, uh, trading in the platform. What is sort of your biggest technical challenge that, that you have to, um, uh, to meet? So one of the biggest challenges is all the data that we're pulling in and processing. Uh, obviously, that that takes its toll on the servers. Streaming bandwidth is also another concern, not necessarily you know, the VOD aspect. That's cheaper bandwidth, but live streaming content is certainly a lot more costly. It's a lot less than what it was years ago, um, but it's still you know costly. Just again, in terms of scaling a business, looking at that element of, of overhead, uh, that line item can definitely add up quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, those are, those are the you know, the main areas, I would say. Is there a company out there or, or financial that you would love to partner with that would complement a, a lot of this or or you think is exciting? I think for us, you know, uh, and we've already started in talks with a lot of the different <clears throat> trading platforms and exchanges and, and, and brokerages. Um, but I think, again, they're all going to see a lot of value in our platform. Um, you know, the, that age demographic, that Gen Z millennial is kind of got a coveted age that a lot of these bigger brokerages, they want to convert. They want to get them on to their platforms. They're offering very high affiliate or kind of like referral fees to get them starting accounts and get those accounts funded. Uh, that's what they're going. That's where they're spending a lot of the money. So for us, you know, um, we want to be working with, with all the exchanges. Um, we had an option very early on when we were kind of in that conception phase of like, do we want to be an exchange or a brokerage and, and kind of what, what do we want to do? Uh, and that that model didn't really excite us. We wanted to be kind of, we wanted to operate more agnostic because we want to be able to play with a lot of different platforms because we want to collect Having data. Like we want to be open. 300 compliance people didn't sound exciting. Yeah, no. That, that, and the that regulators on you every second. Yeah, no? Yeah, not so yeah, much. Not, not so much, not so much. Um, so it just wasn't attractive, uh, you know, for us to go that route. However, you know, again, the opportunity to partner and going to put the best possible products um, and services in front of our clientele, our user base, that made more sense. Uh, and it, and it it also uh, reduced the amount of conflicts that we would have as a business to operate, especially kind of with this emphasis on media and creator content and stuff like that. So we, we, I think we found the right combination of where we want to live uh, in the ecosystem. Unregulated. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a good place to live. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, even the big guys are afraid like Google tried to be bank and said, no, that's a bit much for us. 
Mm -hmm. uh, Walmart got pushed back. Apple's smart enough to just let Goldman Sachs take all the hits. So yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But do you are, are you worried about uh, with the regulators kind of really taking a, a closer look at everybody in the investment space? And, you know, after the meme stock uh, kind of things and, um, uh, the, you know, the crypto enforcement really coming coming down hard. Um, anything, if you say Web3 or or anything like that, um, uh, that uh, uh, the, you could get some attention on the regulatory side. Yeah, you know, it's, it's good that we have safeguards in place um, from a manual, a manual moderation team um, to even AI looking at um, what's actually happening on the platform. Uh, clearly, we have, you know, a reporting mechanic as well. If there's any bad actors. Clearly, our terms of service, <clears throat> whether it's read or not, and our privacy statements all kind of disclose, you know, uh, and even just our community guidelines disclose the type of content and the experience that we expect uh, from our community on here. Again, we're providing a very valuable tool, um, but users have to kind of comply with those conditions if they want to be a productive member of this uh, community as we grow it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's certainly something we're always concerned about it's impossible to stop it but you can have a proactive stance to kind of moderate and deal with it and that's the that's the sure, process yeah. that we kind of go through yeah 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 do, do you have to look at like uh, how much people are making on tiktok and uh and other platforms and see you know how much would i have to pay these guys to you know be exclusive or even um to, to host on your platform as well yeah, you know end of the day the value add for them to come to our platform, it should it should speak to them beyond just you know some sort of exclusive deal. I think again, our strategy is still not to try to form exclusive relationships, but again, incentivize them to come over to the platform because they're going to be in front of a more captivated audience, an audience that's strictly kind of focused on finance and isn't drowned out by you know uh, uh, dogs chasing their own tails on YouTube. You know, again, and, and that's not to say those aren't platforms and those platforms don't work. They're great for other things, but again, if you strictly want to be of kind of the finance mind. You know, you don't necessarily need to see that stuff. There's a time and place for that stuff. But if you just want to get in there, get intelligence, get information, learn from the best and brightest uh, and be able to take action against that content, you want to go into kind of a focused platform to do that. So that that's 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 our approach. And we think that that's going to provide a winning um, solution for content creators. And that's actually one of the biggest things, too, that we've heard through our the feedback that we was talking to creators is again, they feel that their content, especially some of the smaller creators, they feel like they're just drowned out and they don't have an opportunity to grow and expand. And, and even for example, like on the likes of like Twitch, there's a lot of, you know, finance creators, um, you know, on Twitch, but you think of Twitch as an esports platform uh, or a gaming platform or just a chatting platform, but you don't, you know, as they think of it kind of as a finance platform, they were not built for that, you know, ground up. Our platform was built for finance ground up, even like Reddit, you know, a lot of it was repurposed discord again, another platform that was repurposed, you know, and used, uh, for, for, um, you know, finance, uh, information now a bit, but again, it was never built for that. A lot of these tools were built more so for gaming. Uh, they just kind of expanded beyond that. So, but again, this is a safe environment for, for financial discourse. So when is uh, Tracing set for release? So our new uh, web platform is launching, uh, in the middle of May. So just about two weeks out or so right after, right in conjunction, I should say with Bitcoin 2023, and then our app is currently in the marketplace in beta. So feel free to download that right now. You can go to tradesing.com and you'll be able to download it or just search Tradesing in either of the app stores. And you'll be able to grab your account and set up your handle and start creating and consuming content right away. You've started a lot of companies. So any advice uh, for anyone starting their fintech out there or starting their, their company? Any mistakes you'd think, oh, you know, uh, I see this all the time. I wish I would have avoided that. Yeah, I'd say it's it's definitely important to understand like when you're 
in that early ideation phase, making sure that you're building something that people are actually going to want. And, and you can kind of achieve that through having conversations and doing market research and, and, and not just building something because you think you know what people want, but building something because you've gotten that feedback. So looking at the data is super, super important. Uh, being very strategic um, is important. And again, just trying to offer something that truly solves a problem. Um, you know, that's the best advice I can give. And I've applied that to a lot of the products I've built over the years is just, again, seeing, you know, what the problems are that exist and coming up with creative solutions to fix those problems, or at least, uh, make them a little bit less worse. Hopefully, uh, you'll make the, the world a lot less worse, uh, with, uh, tradesing. Well, uh, giving more information and kind of responsible information and explaining things and educating people, certainly all, uh, very good goals to have. And, uh, we wish you all the luck with tradesing. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. And that's Jordan Edelson, the CEO and co-founder of tradesing. Please hit subscribe to keep up with the latest in fintech news and thank you for listening.